What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own, Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on all of our newest episodes. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Tyler and I will talk about what's been going on in the NBA since we last recorded. We'll also talk a little bit about the lockout in Major League Baseball being over and March Madness tipping off. All this and more on episode 242 of the TSK Show coming up right now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 242 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. Joining me as always, Shelton's very own Tyler Pachelke. What's up, TP? How are you, man? I'm good, man. It's good to be back in LA. Took yes. Some time off. Yes. Got it. Got it right. Yep. Yes. If you want to hear about Tyler's trip to Washington, go check out episode 241 of the TSK show. We just got done recording that. We also talked about the NFL and everything that's been going on in free agency. Um, but Tyler, the last time we saw each other, um, it wasn't when we were recording this. Um, our, our episode with Michael Grove, the Dodgers pitcher, which was a great interview that we had right before uh, the lockout was actually lifted yeah. uh, by Major League Baseball, which we can talk about uh, in a little bit. Um, but the last time we saw each other was the night after that at the Clippers-Lakers game here in L.A. It was a Clippers home game, and the Clippers won in a blowout. It was bad. Yeah. It was bad. I mean, the fact that it was the Clippers, too. Just, God. Yes. But more importantly, Tyler, with the Lakers, uh, we'll talk about what's going on on the court with them later. But more importantly with the Lakers, the good news with them, the first two episodes of Winning Time on HBO, the, sh the show about the Showtime Lakers, has premiered. The first two episodes have come out, and I've been blown away. It's been phenomenal. Yeah, it's good. How many episodes are they doing? Eight? Ten. Ten. Yeah. Ten in the first season. Yeah, so it's kind of a slow burn, but it's good it's good information. Uh and it's pretty wild. I mean, you I I uh I you know, we're always looking for the kind of the juicy parts. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes uh from and I'm I'm not gonna give too much away from the second episode, but I'll just I'll leave it at one of my favorite scenes from the second episode was when Magic was playing um uh, playing a pickup basketball game against uh, another man who was uh, going after uh, Magic's girl uh, yep. back home in in East yeah. Lansing, Michigan. Yep. That was uh, one of my favorite scenes of the, the second episode. And then the actor who plays uh, Red Auerbach. Yeah. Um, I forget his name, but he was in The Shield. He it's was Michael Chiklis. Yes, thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, he did a phenomenal job at making me hate him. No, he 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 played that role well. He crushed it. He's. He's good. I mean, that that was dope. I I enjoyed that part. And then John C. Riley's played a perfect Jerry Bus so far. I think John C. Riley's done great. No, it's been it's <laughs> been a lot of fun. I you know the I I do hear like the Jerry West stuff is kind of blown out of proportion a bit. But, but who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. You know, like from some people's point of view, maybe it was like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but no, I'm, I'm very excited for, for episode three coming up this weekend and, and for the rest of the season. Yeah. It, it's getting closer to, to basketball time in that show. Yeah. We, we've basically the first two episodes have basically been Jerry Buss buying the Lakers and, and how he's kind of putting his imprint on, on the team once he's bought the team. Yep. So it's, it's been really fun to, to see, uh, how it's, how it's all going to develop. So 
yeah, I mean, just hats off to to the show creators no, no, and Adam good. McKay. It's good. It's good. Jeff Perlman sure. as well for for writing the book that it's based off of. It's it's been incredible. Yeah. But it's all a, right, it's a good watch if you if you're able to if you're able to watch it, definitely give it a shot. Yes. But all right, Tyler, uh, we have a lot to cover, like we did in the NFL, because we've taken two weeks off. So uh, let's just uh, get right into it. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midcourt. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? take this and you burn it job's not finished job finished i don't think so so when you get done with this you should be butt ass naked all right tyler one of the biggest storylines in the nba this year obviously has been the ben simmons saga it all came to a head when the sixers finally traded him to the brooklyn nets for james harden andre drummond seth curry and everybody was waiting for Brooklyn and Philly to finally play after the trade, and they did the other night, last Thursday, in their first matchup, and Brooklyn waxed Philly by 29. Ben Simmons was on the Brooklyn bench in street clothes, and essentially I think they just wanted to get it out of the way now because they – obviously are thinking in the back of their head they are possibly going to play Brooklyn in the playoffs or excuse me they're going to play Philly in the playoffs and they they wanted to get Ben Simmons first return back to Philly out of the way even if he wasn't going to play in the game no smart I mean me personally I disagree with it I think if Ben Simmons was going to be at the game he should have played Otherwise, he shouldn't have been there. But it I just, do just, get the I, yeah, just kind of acclimating it. him back into that because it's gonna it's gonna come down to that. And we all know Philly fans threw a battery at Santa, so it's like Philly fans are ruthless. That yeah, that's that's just the way they are. But I mean, Brooklyn waxed him, and James Harden he looked like he was in playoff form. I believe he was like one for ten or one for eleven in the game. Uh, him and Joel Embiid combined to be an eight for thirty four from the field. Um, yeah, I mean, they wanted that game, so that's, that's tough that they didn't win. They're, like, in those kind of games, your effort is going to take you one of two ways. You know, you're going you're gonna to start forcing it because you want it so bad, and that's kind of what I think, or they're just going to fall. So uh, it, it, that was a tough night for Embiid and Harden, but I think they're going to be all right. Yeah. They, they were trying. I mean, I think it's one of those things where you want it so bad, sometimes it – you know, if the ball doesn't fall right away, it's going to be frustrating, you know? And, well, and, and I think Brooklyn wanted Brooklyn, it so bad for Ben Simmons to get that win that, yeah, that yeah, Brooklyn both, had that added motivation as no, well. Both, both teams wanted it really bad. It's it's just that, you know, Embiid and Harden struggled from the floor. So it, it kind of, like, made it seem even more, you know, worse. Yeah. It's just it was quite the environment, I think, with having Ben Simmons in, in the arena – and I, I mean, Brooklyn's stacked. It's a tough team to. I mean, I think they have the best roster in the league. Yeah, when they're healthy, and if if Kyrie yeah. Irving can play every game. Yeah, but that's that's always been the case. And that game was in Philly, so Kyrie was able to play. Yep. I mean, if if both teams are if both teams are healthy, I think I'll give the edge to Brooklyn. But but Philly is going to be a problem, and and they don't and and Brooklyn doesn't have nothing for Joel Embiid. So if if Embiid's on. That changes the dynamic a lot. Well, I think Andre Drummond is a nice. Yeah, but he. I mean, he's throw, as, he's it's, as it's nice as th- anybody. I mean, it's something to no, throw at no, Joel Embiid. No, yeah, but I mean, it's not. It's not. A, 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 it's not a real answer. I mean, a, Drummond's in a playoff series. Drummond's going to get into all sorts of foul trouble. Oh yeah, against someone like Embiid, and Embiid's going to be able to stretch that floor out and. Uh, you know, Drummond's Drummond's effectiveness under the defensive glass is going to be neutralized. Yeah. Now, also going on in the NBA has been, uh, over the last two weeks, a crazy amount of scoring going on from uh, a few different players. In, in the last two weeks, we've seen Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, Carl Anthony Towns, Kyrie Irving twice, and LeBron James twice all score more than 50 points 
Saturday, March 5th, LeBron scored 56 points in an eight-point win over the Warriors. Uh, that next day, Jason Tatum scored 54 points in a six-point win over the Nets. Then Tuesday, March 8th, Kyrie Irving scored 50 points in an 11-point win in Charlotte. Then that Friday, the 11th, LeBron scored his 56-point win, uh, 56 points in a 13-point win over the Wizards. Then Sunday, Kevin Durant scored 53 points in a three-point win over the Knicks. That next, uh, I have that wrong. Friday, uh, he did that, and then. That next day, Carl Anthony Towns on the 14th, um, on Monday, excuse me, Monday the 14th, Carl um, Anthony Towns scored 60 points in a 10-point win over the Spurs. And then uh, last night, Tuesday, Kyrie Irving scored 60 points in a 42-point win over the Magic. All of these games also ended in regulation, so none of these guys needed overtime to do this. No, the first couple were were close games too. So like Tatum and Braun, they needed all those points. Yeah, no, hundred percent. The Lakers yeah, needed yeah. every single one of those fifty six points from from LeBron against yeah. the Warriors. And then yeah, the the Celtics and the Nets were in a battle, and Tatum uh, needed to go off to to win you that. No, there's Braun. Braun's going after history. I don't think that's the only reason. Like he's got a, a sense of urgency to get this, keep this team in the ninth seed. I don't uh, know about that. But we'll uh, talk about that. Later. Well, I mean, he's scoring 56. That's about as much urgency as we've seen all year. At least he's, at least he's scoring 56. Like, yeah, but how much has he given up? Yeah, but I mean, they're 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 getting dubs out of both those, right? Those are the only two wins in their last 11 yeah, games. Since, Tyler. Since all, well, that's what I'm saying. He's got to do it. He's got to he's got to bring 50 points every night now. <sighs> Don't get uh, me started. But then, uh, you know, cats. Cats was incredible. Cats was an uh you know was an emotional thing. It was an anniversary of of his uh uh of when his mom and dad went into the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So there was you know I think there was a little extra something for Cat, and then Kyrie is obviously kind of just doing an fu kind of tour, showing the world what he can you know. Not that the world needs to see it again, but he had forty two at halftime. Tyler, he they could have let him go for no my for well, eighty. Uh, my dad was watching that game on nba tv actually and it was funny because kobe's 81 was on nba tv as well so no one could see it but um i think Kyrie, you know i think that nash gave him the opportunity because they were up 30 at halftime so that was kind of the the yeah he started the second half the worry was like damn he's not like i was like in my opinion i said oh this is going to be kobe Kobe 60 games 60 and three quarters game right outscore the other team kind of thing in three like, quarters I, I think yeah. that like he could for sure go out there and get 60 bef- and then and then sit the fourth and Kyrie is the kind of guy that that would sit a fourth you know if they're up big yeah but I think that Nash like let him go out there in the third like we're gonna play you in your normal rotation in the third even though we're up big we'll see if you still got something magical happening you know and then and then going into that fourth quarter it was like if there's because he sat at the end of the third if it if if you hit a couple shots right away, we'll leave you in there and see what kind of craziness you can do. But if right. it's, but if you slow down at all, we're just going to pull you. And I think that's what happened. I mean, they let him get to 60. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it took, you know, you only had 10 points in the third quarter. Right. They were up big. Like, there's no really no reason for him to he, – he left the game with, like, three minutes left in the third quarter Yeah, when, with, with, with 54. When Kobe got 81, I believe he had 24 or 26 at halftime, and the Lakers were losing. And yeah. then he went to score, what was it, 56 or whatever the math is, 50-plus in the second half uh, to get the 81. Yeah, so, like, I think that Kyrie, like, gave that beginning of the fourth quarter, like, all right, let's just go see if I can get crazy, crazy hot, you know. Right. And, and maybe maybe we do something like 70 or 80, but he didn't come out that way. And so it was like, all right, fuck it, like, we're good. You know, I, I did think what he, I, I think he do. was, like, 14 of 19 at halftime. Yeah, the first half really was the he he played a human a, a normal human being's second half, you know. Yeah, it was just unreal. But I mean, when he when, just wants to show the world. I mean, these high these high level scores. I mean, these guys can score 50, 60 every night if that's their goal. Well, and it's like I mean, I think when other NBA players are seeing other NBA players do this. They're like, oh, let me let me go see what I can do in my next game kind of thing. It's like LeBron scores 56, and then the next day Jason Tatum goes for 54. Tatum grew up idolizing LeBron, basically, and, and growing up watching him so much. And then you see Friday, uh, March 11th, LeBron goes for 56 against the Wizards, and then 
in KD's next game, he goes for 53 against the Knicks in a highly contested game. Yeah, Kyrie, I think, has his own motivations. Um, for sure. I think he's really trying to just say, fuck you to the NBA. Like, I'm, I'm that guy, you know? Like, even though we've had to do this stupid tango, um, I'm that dude still. Uh, you know, I, one of the games was against LaMelo. So, you know, the veteran point guards going against the young and up-and-coming yeah. guys, I think that happens. You know, Steph Curry torched Trey Young earlier yeah this year so that that happens sometimes too yeah no it's just i i've just cats been... was the most i mean i think cat cats was the most in, in, impressive and then Kyrie's first half last night was probably right in that same i breath. also think cats was the the most surprising too yeah i mean came out of nowhere i guess 60, yeah but and yeah, it's not a... i mean it's not it's the highest point total anybody scored in the league this year him and Kyrie now 16 17 is a pretty good night yeah yeah so all right we've also had uh the front runners for the mvp race face off they faced off earlier on monday with joel Embiid and the sixers facing nikola jokic and the denver nuggets the nuggets won the game by four jokic had 22 points 13 rebounds eight assists two steals and two blocks five turnovers and was a minus nine uh overall he was eight of 16 from the field one of three from three and five of seven from the free throw line Embiid had a game-high 34 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, 5 turnovers, and was a plus 2. He was 11 of 20 from the field, 3 of 3 from 3, and 9 of 10 from from the free throw line. So the game really lived up to the hype. Joel Embiid lived up to the hype. Nikola Jokic lived up to the hype. Joel Embiid, I believe, had – not Joel Embiid. Nikola Jokic had a sick no-look pass. I believe it was to, to Will Barton. On, uh, on the break, yeah, on, on the break in transition, it was it was no, they they unbelievable. It was a true showcase of talent. I mean, they really showed what they showed what they can do and all. I mean, Embiid hitting step back threes, yeah, you know, Jokic running the break. These guys really are the creme de la creme. And I mean, I've been saying it for years. I think Embiid's Embiid's the best big man in the league, even when you know Ant Davis is in uniform. I think that Embiid is that guy. Yeah, and Jokic Jokic is is absolutely. Is equal, right there with is him. equal if not better the what the 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 centers you know in the nba are it's extremely advanced do you think it's just a two-horse race now with the mvp or do you think it, it, it's there's some other guys that that could yeah maybe sneak yeah in? i think it's a two-horse race um and i think it's cool that it's been the same two horses for two years i mean they've really had a stranglehold on the league individually yeah and i mean the the two years before that it was Giannis. Yeah, and I think Giannis has been in the mix every year for sure just because Milwaukee's so good and he's so dominant. Yeah, Giannis is in the mix this year. And he may be getting voter fatigue here in the next year or two. But, I mean, Embiid Embiid, kind of doing it on his own this year without Ben Simmons. uh, I think he – and then um, Jokic without Jamal Murray. I think they they really – they didn't allow their franchises to take a step backward just because key players were hurt. Uh, yeah you know they they stepped up and no i mean i don't think anybody expected denver to be in the the position that they're in with jamal murray being out for this long and michael porter jr yeah losing him mid-season too you know big big time contributors for them Jokic just held on and 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 bead you know yeah it's it like he's missing ben simmons but also just like the off-court bullshit that's been around his right he's had to deal with he's kept it 100 the whole time I mean, he's he's been like, I'm trying to fucking play. I'm trying to dominate. Every I'm in my prime right now. Like, exactly. And I think one thing that I give Joel Embiid a lot of credit for is being that exact way. And it's like he was hurt early in his career, and ever since he's been back and healthy, all that's what he all that he's wanted to do is be out on the floor, yeah. play, and try and win basketball games. Yep. And 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 Ben Simmons, you know, didn't align with that, and so you know. He had to play, you know, without a star and distractions all over the place. So, you know, it's it's Doc Rivers, right? Yes. Yeah, I think I think him and Doc have done a good job of not letting that franchise take a step backwards through all of this shit. You know, because it really was the three. You know, it was the it was the big three there last year. It was Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Philly. Yeah. I mean, those those were in the last couple of years. It's Miami. Been pretty close to that. Uh, Philly has been a top three team in the East for years now. So uh, for them to not take any sort of step backwards and lose huge pieces, uh, I think says a lot. Yeah. No, and I mean, I think 
the the only dark horse candidates that that you could maybe give uh, an MVP to could maybe be a DeMar DeRozan, who I think has been talked about as the lead dark horse candidate yeah, kind of thing. It's just tough. I mean, they slept they they slipped in the standings. Right. If he's if he's number one in the East, maybe, but. You know, those are those are guys. Those are just tough, tough to give. It's only one guy gets it. It's a and tough then, forward to win. And then, like you said, I think the only other option would have been Giannis. I don't think anybody in the West can win it besides Nikola Jokic. Yeah, yeah. Just because you know the Phoenix is such a balanced kind of powerhouse, right? right. Uh, and and Golden State kind of took a step back. You know, if Golden State was closer to Phoenix, maybe Steph. You know, and Steph maybe, had the big slump for yeah, a, a, yeah. a majority, not a majority of the yeah. season, but I a portion would, of the season. I would say the number one dark horse would be Jaw, at this Jaw, point right now. Jaw's a great one. Like at this point right now, I would say Jaw's the dark horse, and and I don't, you know, Giannis. I think is the strong number three. Like it's the big. It's like the two horse race. Giannis is probably clearly number three, and then there's your dark horses. I think Jaw would probably be, you know. That would probably, I mean, if I if I had a vote, that would probably be my vote. I would probably go Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Ja, and then probably Demar. Yeah, I, I, you'll get no arguments from me on yeah. that. So, all right, moving on, Tyler. Before we get out of here, um, uh, at least on NBA basketball, let's talk about the Lakers real quick. We we kind of talked about LeBron. Do for, we have to? <laughs> I'd like to. I mean, <laughs> likes I, not the right word. <laughs> I feel like I I need to. Exactly. I feel like I need to. Um, the Lakers they've lost nine out of their last eleven games. Like I like I said, since the All Star break, they're they're only two wins yeah. they have during that span were the Warriors and Wizards. When LeBron scored fifty or more points, they lost to the Timberwolves earlier tonight by twenty. They they had it down to to four points with about ten and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and it was once again just another fake comeback from the Lakers this year. And it, it seems to me really that this team is trying their hardest to fall out of the play-in scenario, and it's it's one, two, three, Cancun, basically. Mm. Um, that that's what I think a lot of Lakers fans feel like from what they're seeing on the floor. They they lost in embarrassing fashion to the Rockets uh, without LeBron on the road in overtime. That, that, that was a bad one. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's been a ton. I mean, there's been a slew of bad losses, <laughs> but that that Rockets one really felt like it was like. But. Yeah, because they had the lead late in the fourth quarter, and then they end up uh, going to overtime. And I believe they, the Rockets, I think they went on like a 9-0 run to start overtime and, and just never looked back, if I remember correctly. And, I mean, you brought up LeBron just being out there. Um, I mean. I don't think he's – I mean, I think it's unfair to say he's only thinking about Kareem right now. I don't. Like, I, I just don't – I just don't see that as like his his – his goal you know what i mean like from the body language tyler i've seen on a nightly basis from this team they do not want to be in the playoffs together they are just done not, with this season yeah i'm sure it's been a, i'm sure it's been you know if it didn't turn around at the all-star break if they didn't come out strong in the all-star break it probably wasn't gonna happen yeah and i mean i just i've seen lebron on defense just not be engaged for for stretches yeah. of time and it's just it's a it's a trickle down effect from your leader to the whole yeah. team and when he's not running back on defense why should anybody else kind of thing it's like if lebron's not in it we definitely don't have a chance like if if i'm another player that that that'd be my thinking kind of thing you know yeah no it's um it's uh it, i i mean i don't i don't know what else to say it's disappointing you know it is for sure an an effort thing and and a pride thing and and just it hasn't hasn't gone their way, and it just seems like the wheels fell off. And nothing, it does, there's not one thing to hang your hat on anywhere. You know, no. not not in any level of the organization, not in any level of play, not any bright spots for the future. You right. Know, it's, we, it's like, I mean, we kind of talked about it's it. It's all with... kind of it's all kind of bleak right now. Um, the only thing that could really save them is winning two games in a row and getting into the playoffs. But that's going to be kind of a almost a uh, what do you call like a participation trophy it's, yeah it's it's almost going to be a moral victory which there really isn't in pro sports no and i mean we we, we kind of talked about it with harrison fagan uh when we had him on the show a few weeks ago the this season overall with the lakers it's i mean at least in my opinion it's been a top to bottom organizational failure from 
ownership to the front office to yeah. the players just because of expectations i mean yeah for sure you know there's been years where the lakers were horrible but here's the um, thing Tyler. but they weren't they weren't really expected to do anything so it's like but those teams also cared this team from what i'm seeing on yeah. a nightly basis they don't care they were just down the other night yeah. to the toronto raptors 24 to 2 yeah no i mean that's that's tough though you know uh, uh at know, home tyler yeah, this is yeah. at home no i mean i'm not making excuses but you know it's it's just it's a tough it's a tough year because you had high expectations and and your star players not playing i have never seen a general consensus of disdain and hate towards a lakers team from lakers fans since the 2012 yeah, well, 2013 I mean, team i mean lakers fans have been chomping at the bit for that like as far as like well if it if it goes well, we're the Lakers. If it goes bad, we we can finally blame LeBron. You know, like Lakers. Well, they're not just the Lakers blaming didn't LeBron. really want LeBron anyways. LeBron and Lakers used to be two separate families. You know what I yeah. mean? It was the merging of families, really. You know, like Lakers faithful was really the ones against LeBron all those years. So, you know, it, it's the second this Laker team falls off, they're going to jump on LeBron, but, but they're not just jumping on LeBron, I think it, Tyler. I, just, I really do think it's unfair. This, this season would have gone completely different if Ant Davis stays healthy. Oh, without a doubt, without I think a doubt. 100% Ant Davis's health is the number one thing to blame. Yeah. It's no, not I, his fault. It's not his fault, but it, it is what it is. They have Ant Davis is supposed to be their best player. Supposed to be the focal point of their offense and their anchor on defense. Now, now LeBron has to be number one instead of number two. Now Russ has to be number two instead of number three. Now you know you're having problems at the five. It's just that now you know you're losing games. The coaching's coaching's being questioned. You're questioning about the roster, but the roster's not really out there. You know, um, it's it's a but tough... the roster was completely different than what won them a championship. To the like, yeah yeah, two but I mean you know before. like when you're building a roster and this G, you know when Polinka put together this team. And Palinka and LeBron and Vogel, you know, when they they're putting together this team, it's like this and, was and how Kurt Rambis this, and Linda this, Buss. This, and, and, this is Linda how Rambis, it was supposed Jeannie to Buss. go, you know. Like, Ant's going to be our five this year. You know, he he like LeBron wanted to play with him to take the load off. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like to make his job easier, he wanted to play with Ant so he doesn't have to go out there and put the team on his back. But that just hasn't happened. So it's a really tough bullet to bite. I know that. Lakers fans are are miserable and it, it's it's hard to watch, but um, at least you're still in the playoff picture and and really I think you just have to account it to uh, your best player got hurt. They got 13 games left, nine on the what, road. What's tough is the team down the locker room is got both their stars out the whole entire year and they fight every fucking night. That's she, I mean that that's that's really where the fresh because why are the clip why do the Clippers have seven more wins than the Lakers? Effort. I mean, literally, that 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 seven game difference. Tyler, is I've effort. been saying it for and then, months. You know, if so, seven more wins Lakers get for effort, and then you get Ant Davis back. That's probably another five to ten wins of those games he would have played. Then, then all of a sudden, your season's looking like forty five wins. It's not so bad. But listen, Tyler. I mean, been... the Clippers. The Clippers, honestly, I think make this Lakers team look even worse, just because. Oh. 100% they do. Well, this Clippers team honestly makes a lot of the league look worse um, just be, from from an effort and coaching standpoint. Like, Ty Lue should be in serious consideration for Coach of the Year. To to not have Paul George or Kawhi Leonard all year, I mean, this should have been a bottom-five team. Yes. This should have been a bottom-five team, and they're going to be in the playoffs. Um, whether it was the playing format or the old format, they're going to be a top-eight team in the West. Uh, well, they're, they're going to have to win the playing game, but 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 yeah, but I mean they're chances. but they're the eighth seed, you know right, what I'm saying? Right. So like, like they'll have two don't chances. take anything away from them. Like no, no, no any no. year the Lakers, the Clippers would have made the fucking playoffs, you know, and they're they're above 500, so it's tough to watch the team down the hallway bust their ass every single night for Ty Lue when they've got half the ability that the Lakers have. Tyler, I've been, I've been saying it for months. The Lakers would have 10 more wins just based off of effort alone. Yeah, and and I think effort, yeah. So the games where Ant's not playing, like you have some better effort, you probably get some more wins, like you're saying. And if he is playing, you're definitely getting more wins. So yeah, exactly. It's and, and That's why I just think, you know, I get where why, you're saying where it's like the worst Lakers season ever. 
um, because of that. The you teams know? that we knew were tanking but, actually even cared more than really, this team, it, though, Tyler. I just, it's not as far away as it feels because the losses have been so bad and they've just racked no. up. But listen, I this is as rock bottom, I think, as a Lakers season has gotten, regardless of wins and losses, because this isn't the technically worst season ever in terms of wins and losses for the Lakers. No, no, but that's that doesn't really measure a season. It's It's your wins versus your expectations. Right, exactly. And the expectations for this season were so high yeah, that he, the fall yeah. has been so great. And it's just, I, I don't know, it's it's it boggles my mind, Tyler, that fans like me who watch every single game and like myself, I live tweet every single game. It, it, it feels like I'm putting more effort and care into watching and live tweeting these games than I'm seeing from the yeah. players on the floor. No, I get it, but it's, you know, there there's a lot that goes on be, behind the scene and all, you know, also, I think it's uh, – damn, I just I just lost my train of, train of thought there. <laughs> For, um, go ahead. I'll get it back here. I was No, I was going to transition out because I'm, I'm done talking about the Lakers. Yeah, it's I, just... I, what I was going to say is I also think that this is, a, this is a thing that happens to big market teams where, like, you go out and you're, you're shopping for stars every single year. These – Sometimes it's not going to work. You know, you want to you want to throw together a team every single year. I mean, the perfect analogy like, for now, it. Now, like, look at the, some of the teams that have grown together. You're getting more out of those teams. You know, like, who's to say if you wouldn't trade it for Ant, if those guys all developed with LeBron, yeah. this team wouldn't be better and your effort wouldn't be better. But every year, L.A. buys a new basketball team. And, like, you know, every so often it's not going to work. Well, and the perfect analogy for it, and I heard it on the Laker Film Room podcast earlier today when I was listening, because the, their whole theme of their episode today was the rise and fall of the Lakers and, and kind of the, the history of the rises and falls of the Lakers franchise from going from showtime to, to now and kind of what's what's happened in between all of the championship runs. And the perfect analogy, and I can't remember if it was Pete, Darius, or Mike who brought it up, but it's like a, being a home run hitter. You're going to hit a lot of home runs, but you're also probably going to strike out a bunch too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what being a big market team really is all about. I would yeah. say, like it's home run or, or strikeout. Well, it's Tyler Bust for the Lakers. Strikes and gutters. Strikes and gutters. Team nine, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's just it. There's nineteen. There's thirteen games left in the season. Nine on the road. Uh, I've said that the. I feel like the Lakers are in a one-two-three Cancun mood and. Uh, I feel like they're basically trying their hardest to to fall out of the playing scenario, no matter how hard other teams are trying to to win or lose to tank based off of draft position. But it's just it's been such a frustrating season, and it's honestly been my most hated season since that 2012 2013 season because at least we knew during that 2012 2013 season Kobe was going to give a damn every night, and realistically that's what ended up costing him in the long run his career but well and, not his career the not, end of his career the end of his career the yes twilight of his career. yeah thank you but i mean i just i don't see that same level of care from start to finish in games honestly honestly i thought like the one guy that i you know this is a funny take because like it, you know it seems crazy to say out loud but i remember that 2012 13 team and Dwight Howard was kind of the guy left standing. And I thought he, I always thought he handled it really well. Like he had a lot of flack coming into LA and a lot of flack for leaving, you know, after one year. Yeah. But I, I remember him going, playing the rest of the games that year once Kobe went down and then yeah. playing in that one playoff series and going at it. Like I always remember, like, damn, I feel bad for him. Like, yeah, he signed up for this and now yeah. he's in this and he's taking all the blame and he's in LA. And I can remember like, it's honestly probably the, what led him to leave. The lights are too bright for Dwight. That was kind of like the thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, that's like the one thing I remember from that team. And they're just, there isn't really those guys on this team. Yeah. You know, they're, it's, it's, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, maybe the younger guys that are still hungry, the Austin Reeves and the Stanley Johnson's and, the Malik Monks, but that cannot be a bright spot as the Lakers. That, but that's the thing; those have been the bright spots for the Lakers this year. Yeah, yeah, and it's just because of where they're at in their career. It has nothing to do with the basketball team, or right, or and how much money Malik that, Monks making yeah, because he's outperforming his veteran minimum they're, contract. They're hungry. Yeah, so it's the Lakers are a mess, and I mean, I, I think it's just been an organizational failure from top to bottom, and 
it needs to be fixed this offseason and the team just needs to get back to winning because that's Lakers what, that's are what it's also about. a team that you know you just never can count out. Maybe something crazy happens. God, I mean, I, I remember hope. talking myself into Kobe was going to come back from down 0-3 to the Mavericks because he'd never done it yet in his career. This would be this, <laughs> the last, you know, big hurdle thing he could do, you know, and then they just go and get Molly whopped. And Andrew Bynum and, elbows J.J. Barea in midair. And they get swept. And Peja Stojakovic looks like he's fucking 22 again. At least they won the championship that year, and Lakers fans could say they lost to the champion. That was that was kind of like, fuck, it's it's it might no, be that, over. It was over. Yeah. That was the three. They were going for their – that Phil Jackson was going for his fourth three-peat that year. Yeah, yeah, and then the, yeah, and then what? The, the next year was the, the Dwight, Heatles, the the Dwight, and yeah, the next year was trying to re re up to to Dwight try and Nash. yeah. So, all right, Lakers, get it the fuck together. Yeah, what the fuck? All right, Tyler, real quick, March Madness is this week. I know we don't talk a lot about college basketball. Uh, we usually do a bracket challenge for the podcast, but there's just been a lot going on, so I'm sorry we didn't do a bracket challenge this year for the listeners. College basketball is just tough. I mean, I'm, I just have such a sour taste in my mouth with the NCAA, too. Wait, have we talked about? No, I don't think we have, Tyler. What? North Carolina spoiling Coach K's final oh, game yeah, in no, the regular season. That's. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about that. So I've been like MIA when it comes to college basketball for two, three years now. I pay much more attention to high school, high school hoops, European hoops, you know, stuff like that. Um, just, just I don't know what it is. Just not a fan of the um, of the sport anymore. But so like I, I, I like I've gotten so bad. I knew it. I knew I'd really like fallen off when I haven't watched North Carolina Duke for like three years. <laughs> you know, which was used to be like my favorite game um, of all sports, uh, but this one I had to watch, uh, and it was it was great. It was beautiful. <laughs> I mean, Coach K can suck it. I don't got nothing nice to say about him. Um, Ninety six former players in attendance. I thought I thought it was very so, like just a very knee moment where where my dog just slept off into the middle of the night and didn't didn't make him about him. He made you know. Roy Williams did it with class, you know. He, Coach K he, announced this a year ago. Coach K, it's all about him. It's always been about him. Uh, don't don't feed into all this kind of bullshit about uh, family and brotherhood and all that. It's it's all about him. <laughs> and so it was good to see him lose, see all those Duke kids cry in the stands. That was good. Yeah. Um, and then it was just, you know, I, I mean, it was great for North Carolina, but it was so fucked, like, you know, not playing some of his seniors on senior night. Didn't mention his seniors at all in fact he interrupted the program just to say he was sorry to the crowd for his team's performance yeah right right before he started speaking like i get it you want to say like oh you know that's no that's that's fucked up you know like you just you just hung your players out to dry in front of everybody when people are trying to like move past the loss and like celebrate you as a coach and shit so um it felt good obviously to see this (laughs) motherfucker gone uh there, good, trust good, me Tyler, you were not the only person good riddance yeah i mean he's done he's done a lot of shady things over the years that i think people just like look past because he's coach k you know so uh he's been he's been benefiting off these kids for for 40 fucking years you know and uh i'm glad to see him go so i take you one, re- one, one of my fa- one of my favorite duke north carolina moments was jj reddick this is a very similar moment to this but it was jj reddick's last game Last game of the year is always Duke, North Carolina for North Carolina and Duke. You know, right. every, every year that's their last game. Uh, so, like, it's either North Carolina or, or Duke senior night every other year. You know, for so J.J. Reddick's last last game at Cameron Indoor Stadium was against Tyler Hansborough's freshman year Tar Heel team. They upset him and beat him, and J.J. Reddick had to walk off crying uh, <laughs> in his last Cameron Indoor game. So. That was another sweet moment, very similar to Coach K. Yeah. But you can't write it any better than that. I mean, if Coach K is, you know, going to go down, it's going to be North Carolina. Yeah. And then, I mean, now speaking about March Madness, UCLA, they f- they faced Arizona in the Pac-12 championship game, and they lost. They're a four seed. Which, you know, that, that I mean, I think that helps them with, like, or that helps people bet on them with seeding. They're probably better than a four seed. Yeah. Also, they've got a kid on their team that can like run the tournament that we've already seen. Right, do it. Johnny Juzang in. So um, we already saw him do that last year. So yeah, 
I could definitely see him uh, making a run this year as well. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited for March Madness just yeah. because I, I I love March Madness and, and the thought of it is just I don't I don't pay as much attention to college basketball anymore. No, no. To where it's like I, I know who to pick and I know my bracket's gonna be I know good the, or anything I know like the that. Diaper, I know the diaper dandies pretty well, uh, just because you know coming out of high school ball. Yeah. So I know the young kids decent, but I really don't have a, a strong hold on on it anymore. But I like North Carolina's in the mix uh, yeah. in a down year, so it's always. Gonzaga's the number one overall seed. And, and so, like, at the end of the day, when it comes to March Madness, that's really all I'm focused on is uh, I want to see Gonzaga finally get it because it, it feels like the last four years, it's finally been like we can actually win it now. Like, yeah. where the previous 15, it was like keep keep progressing. Like, we became a Sweet 16 school. Now we're a perennial Sweet 16. Like, are we going to be a Final Four team? Then they made some Final Fours, and now the last couple of years, it's like they could win it. You know, they yeah. they could be the best team in college basketball. So, yeah. Well, all got, right. They got they got some good Seattle kids in the mix too. So, uh, Duke's Duke star player is a Seattle kid. Um, Gonzaga's got a couple Seattle studs, so that'll be that'll be interesting to watch. Duke's well. matched up with a uh, Cal State Fullerton in the first round, a uh, two fifteen matchup. So uh, go Titans. Go fucking Titans. <laughs> <laughs> go titans but the ramp i got my ramblers in the mix though this year too yes you know that's my 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 <laughs> yes. sleeper squad sister jean sister jean let's get him i, I think don't she's even... 103 now is she still rocking oh yeah she's alive baby wow <laughs> wow god's got, god's keeping an eye on I was her like, god is good right <laughs> oh damn um that's that's sick yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm excited i i also really um i like alabama's team which is kind of random, but Avery Johnson's been doing a good job of yes. kind of re revamping that program, and they've got one of the Jelly Fam kids on their team. Um, it's like a senior now, so it's it's cool to see him finally get that success. Yeah. But, all right, um, I need an excuse to play the baseball music, Tyler, and, well, the lockout is over, so here we go. Here we go. Clayton Kershaw pitches a no-hitter, a career high. 15 strikeouts. He's a new all-time hit king in Major League history. Number two, five, eight, my, oh, my. Line to left field. Moment after moment. Memory after memory. The Dodgers have done it again. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. Muncie hits this ball to deep right field. Forget about it. Muncy with a splash hit. Veritek and A-Rod going at it. Swing and a drive. Absolute madness. It's going to take forever to get this thing straightened out. That great strike three. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Well, Tyler, we said when we had Dodgers pitcher Michael Grove on that it couldn't have been a better time to have him on because the lockout was going on. And then, I believe it was just a week later, the lockout was over. 99 days, uh, Major League Baseball's lockout lasted. Um, and it, there was a date that, like, it it missed, right? Oh, they canceled two weeks' worth of games. No, 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 no. But there was, like, a date that they, like, you know, if they kept going longer, it was there was, a re there was like, some timing to the, to the decision, I think. And, and, our, and, uh... Well, ba basically... They had already canceled a week of games when we interviewed Michael Grove. Then they had a week later more talks, and they were like, all right, we, we don't have a deal. We're canceling another week of games. So the first four series of the season got canceled. Yep. And then the next day they came to a deal and were like, all right, we're saving the season. We're going to play out full 162. We'll change the schedule around. Opening day is April 7th everyone's going to play a full 162 so no games will be canceled yeah yeah so i like because i mean i remember when michael made it you know he he said on the show he was like i think that they have a date in mind yeah and it's all been kind of bs oh, and that I, was that and so i saw like when they did like finally get it done it seemed like they did absolutely what he said they were gonna do yeah he he was basically saying that the owners had a date in mind where they they knew they weren't could push gonna, it right they weren't going to cancel any more games because then they were going to start to lose more money yeah. than they were okay yeah. with yeah. yeah so yeah I I definitely think that definitely played a factor into it 
But once the lockout ended, free agency ramped right back up, and it kind of started off slow. Um, but then, obviously, some, some more bigger deals got done. But most importantly, Tyler, for the Dodgers, they re-signed Clayson, Clayton Kershaw to a one-year deal um, that's got uh, a lot of incentives in there. Uh, I believe he's only going to be making like $17 million this year, and he can obviously make more with with those incentives. But before we started recording tonight, the biggest, I think, free agent on the market Freddie Freeman, formerly of the Atlanta Braves, the World Series champion Atlanta Braves. He was with the Braves his entire career. He won them a World Series. He won an MVP. He is now a Los Angeles Dodger. The Dodgers had been in the mix for uh, a couple of weeks. Uh, See, my favorite Dodger signing was Kershaw for another year. <laughs> I'll fucking ride with Kershaw. Yes, he's got, I know. He's gotten a bad deal of it. I like to see him keep winning. Yes, and I mean, listen, this is Freddie Freeman coming to this team is going to give Clayton Kershaw a very good chance at winning another World Series before he retires. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the Dodgers, they gave him a six-year, $162 million deal. He turned down the Braves. He turned down the Yankees. He turned down the Red Sox. He turned down the Blue Jays. He's, he turned down a whole bunch of teams that that were after him. And now he's a Dodger, and that's all that matters. And the Mariners are making moves. We got we traded for an All Star. Um, yes, what I, from what I understand, Jesse Winker. I don't yes, know, I, I'm, and then they got I'm a thinking... third baseman named uh, Eugenio Suarez. So I'm, I mean, I'm just stoked about. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge baseball guy, but I did tweet out I think in 2019 that I was going to hop back on the Mariners, and I predicted I predicted that they would. Uh, finally break their playoff drought in 2022. So this is the year that this is this, this could be the this year. Is the year that I tried to call like three years ago. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm excited to see what see what happens. And then I, I also read that there's another uh, like star Japanese player coming over to play in Chicago. Uh, what? Uh, Suzuki. I don't know his he first name. He hasn't signed yet. Oh, he hasn't. No. But I'm I'm always excited. I mean. If you don't know, I'm a quarter Japanese, so like yeah. the Japanese, my my grandmother was kind of the introduction to sports, and she was a major Ichiro fan. So, like I always like to kind of keep an eye on the the Japanese players, and and obviously Shohei has kind of become the the star of the league. Yes, I had some Shohei memorabilia in the in the um, in the storage unit. Oh, you do? Yeah, when he, I mean because. That was like I I bought some stuff actually when he was really down. Like people were like over him. Oh yeah, you know because there was like yeah. he started hot, kind of slowed down his first then, season, yeah, and then last year just popped off. Yeah, um, so it would be. Uh, I'm hoping this kid uh, Suzuki come, comes over and plays. Yeah, I'm just glad that baseball is back. We didn't miss any regular season games. They're starting spring training this week. They're gonna do a, a shortened spring training. I think it's gonna be about three weeks. But like I said, April and let's April get our boy on the day. let's get our boy on the Dodgers too. Yes, hopefully Michael can make the let's, team. Let's get it. I mean, he's faced a lot of adversity in his career, so uh, I think he's battle tested. So let's see if he can he can make a splash. Yeah, when he makes the I team, I mean, how dope would it be to go watch him throw? Oh, we I, gotta be, we gotta go to that game if he's on the mound. Oh, for sure. But when when he gets called up, we'll we'll definitely have him on the show. Yeah, yeah. So we're rooting for you. Yes. Um. But all right, Tyler, you you got anything else before we get out of here? Um. No, I was uh I was gonna shout out um Isaiah Thomas for for getting another shot in the NBA. It's it's too bad that someone just can't sign him. I think maybe next year he can get a one year deal as a backup. I I feel like like the best case scenario would be for him to be a backup of like a star point guard, like where he only has to play like ten minutes. You know, to Kyrie or. Or to Steph Curry. Well, didn't they try that with or, Kyrie? No, they traded for they traded for each other. Yeah, yeah, but like if he played behind a Kyrie or a Steph Curry or a Trey Young or or Luca, you I know, don't know, or something I don't like know. that. So he's he's just looked so healthy this last twelve months in any in you know the FIBA games he's played, in the pro am games that he's played, in the little bit of g league he played he was averaging over 40 a game yeah you know in his 10-day contracts he's had some good spots so for um, him it's just all about the right situation yeah yeah i think he's finally healthy i mean obviously he's older but i think he can actually move so 
Um, shout out him, but I, I also got to throw in the Tar Heels for setting Coach K off with an L. You're welcome for reminding you. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited to watch them lose. I, I don't think there's any way in hell they win the, the national title. All right. Well, I think for the first time ever, I'm going to end the show by shouting out a Celtic. Uh, this is this is very rare. Uh, I'm going to shout out Kevin Garnett for getting his number five retired by the Boston Celtics. Um, and honestly, the night couldn't have been better for Laker fans like me because the Celtics lost in dramatic fashion to the Mavericks. So as a Laker fan, it was great to see the Celtics lose on the day that Kevin Garnett got his number retired after the Celtics lost on the same day that Paul Pierce got his number retired as well. I don't know if you remember that game, Tyler, but LeBron and the Cavs embarrassed the Celtics in Boston the same day that Paul Pierce got his number retired. Good. Paul Pierce, I hated that team. <laughs> the 2008 Celtics team is the most overrated championship team in the history of the NBA. Nah, I don't. They I don't, milked I don't, the shit out of I that I don't buy, buy into that, though, because they did something that really no one had done before. If Andrew Bynum and Trevor Ariza were healthy, Tyler. Hey, you could say the same about Big Perk. You could say the same about Kendrick a Perkins lot of does people. not mean the same to that Boston team as Andrew Bynum and Trevor. Was Ariza. he the starting center? Yes, but okay. He, well, then let's let's then we're done. You're not a Boston Celtics fan, of course. You're not going to argue for Perk. But that's terrible. As a basketball fan, it, well, you can't. You could go. My point being is, you could go on and on about that I shit. Know. Um, but I think that you know why they can milk it so much is they did do something that I I don't believe any team had done. Um, I'm trying to think if any team's done it since, but. They put together a super team and then won the first year. I mean, they they traded for Ray Allen, they signed Garnett, and they win instantly. Yeah, it, it was it was bang bang boom. So yeah, that's that's why I think it does. You know, like like the Heatles, they 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 weren't they weren't able to accomplish. Kobe that. and Powell lost in two thousand eight. I'm trying to think like maybe Durant, but but Durant was like. You know, they had already won. Yeah, that's what I mean. They were already <laughs> a super team, and they were just a super super team. Um, no, I, so, that's so honestly that's think, the first time I've ever heard someone bring I, it up like I think, that. Like, well, that's my. I mean, I remember we. I had Ray Allen. You know, Ray Allen was a supersonic. So yeah, Ray Allen was traded. Kevin Garnett was one of you know the most exciting, fun to watch players in the league. So to go join like the boring ass Celtics at that time was was just awful. Uh, and then and then they went and won the damn thing. Yeah. Year one. So yeah. And then what I don't like is like Paul Pierce is my least favorite part of that team. <laughs> Ray Ray Allen sucks. Um, I think you know like I would I wouldn't like Ray Allen if I was Paul Pierce and Garnett and Rondo. And well, they they made guys. up. I I know, but you saw. Yeah, I, I saw. But that that team was really just like you know, the part I don't like is Paul when Paul Pierce acts like they were stopping people from getting championships. That's okay. where I think it gets like stretched. Like, dude, you were not ending. You know, don't act like you were. The Boston Celtics in the '80s, or the Lakers in the the '80s, or the Bulls in the '90s, you you weren't stopping people from. You didn't stop LeBron. You didn't stop the Pistons. Like you didn't end these franchises' runs. Preaching to the choir. Yeah. So but, all right, but but it's a historical team. I think I do agree. One championship in 36 years, Tyler. Yeah, but I mean, one championship since 2008 is more of the point. You know, 13, 14 years. Whatever. With that, that wraps up episode 242 of the TSK Show. For Tyler Pacholke, I'm Eric, the Duke of Sports Scholar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening to us. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Peace.